I could like, if I'm related to the guy who made those or something like that. What's your heritage? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I know uh, my grandfather, his um, grandparents or his parents, I think, came from Ireland. And then, um, that, and that's on my, that's on my father's side, but on my mom's side, um, I know that we have my, my grandmother's grandmother is like, um, very, very thick Scottish, I guess. I don't, I don't know. So white basically, (laughs) you know. And today we have Tommy Marshall. Tommy, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Juliana told me to ask you about the vase breakers. <laughs> about the vase. Okay. Okay. I don't know what that means. She said you had a story about it. Yeah, I do got a story about it. Um, so we were, uh, we were rehearsing one day um, without G. It was just the rest of the band. Me, me, Connor. Vern, Pat, your band Vern, that yeah. you play bass in. Well, guitar now. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, got our, we got our friend Pat. Uh, into the fold and he's a he's rocking the bass and I moved to like a second guitar okay so so Connor's still playing guitar he is okay I mean he's still yeah he's still ripping the leads but um I like doing the um the I like the sound of like two guitar bands like yeah fuck yeah you can do like alternating parts or stuff like that which in like in some of the new stuff that we've been kind of working on we've been doing like stuff like that um but yeah so we were rehearsing one day Without G, she was, uh, she was going and getting like a new car, I think. And, uh, and we were, we were just playing in the living room and there was like this big green vase that was just kind of like sitting on the shelf and like, we were, we were just rocking hard. Like we weren't even like focused on it or paying attention to it. Um, but we were all rocking and then we just hear like a loud crash and we like turn around. We didn't stop the song. We kept <laughs> We made it through the whole song. Um, but we turned around and we were like, oh shit. Like we just, <laughs> yeah, everybody's like looking, still playing. That's hilarious. And then, uh, what we did was we, we cleaned it up and, uh, we like, you know, tried to make sure that there's like no evidence or nothing like that. And we were like, let's see how long, um, <laughs> how long we could go before like Juliana notices it's gone. <laughs> and, uh, and we created like a group chat called vase breakers and <laughs> how long did it take her it took about a week i think and and then she sent a uh she sent a, a picture of like uh, she found like a piece of the broken vase that we missed and she sent like a picture of it to the band chat and she was just like what is this <laughs> and, and we we like put into the chat we were like oh busted <laughs> like literally yeah yeah so that's 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 kind of like that story so you started off playing in Vern on bass. Yeah. How did you meet Juliana and Connor? Facebook. Facebook? <laughs> Were they looking for a bass player? Yeah, yeah. They put they put up an ad uh, on the the Yep, um, the Young Entertainment Professionals group. And Classic. I just, yeah, and I happened to just see it like right when it was posted because on that group it's like if you don't respond to a, a post like right away, it's like it, the gig's already gone. The gig's gone. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's gigs go so fast there. Um, but I happened to see it like right when it got posted and I just like sent over like a, like a Dua Lipa cover I did. Um, and well, I was, which like, Dua Lipa song was it? It was a uh, don't start now with the nice. really funky line. And, um, 
I was like, this is like kind of impressive, right? Like, I don't know, it's a funky tune. And so I sent that over and they're like, all right, you got the gig. So that's, that's kind of how, yeah, how that whole thing happened. And then I, I was only filling in on like two shows originally. And then, um, we just started like hanging out more and playing more music together and stuff like that. And now we've all just kind of become this really cool technique group of friends. And well, that's, what's great about playing in a band. I, I think back, like now I'm not so much in bands anymore. But growing up playing in bands, it feels like you're a, a gang. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's like it's you against the world. Exactly. Yeah. And I and I, I love that I've been able to um, be fortunate enough. I, I feel I feel like to uh, kind of have that in a like a couple different areas. Like obviously, like Vern is like the main one. Um, but even like with Violet Moons, you know, it's like I feel like it's there's like no better feeling than like just playing with a group that you just like that aren't dicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 but but yeah a group that you can that you can you can just hang out with you know and 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 chill and like be on the same wavelength absolutely on a lot of different things about not even just music you know so, how long have you been in nashville for i've been in nashville almost two years coming up i think here oh November. shit so yeah. so you moved during 2020 i did yeah was, where are you from originally uh, so I'm originally from Missouri, Kansas City. Okay. Um, hence the Kansas City Chief shirt. Hence the Chief shirt, yeah. Um, originally from there, and then I spent uh, I spent two years out in Oregon after I graduated college. Okay. Yep. And then uh, and then I came here. So, did you always want to move to Nashville? Did you know anybody before you moved here? Yeah, yeah. So my buddy Luke uh, lives here, and me and him were like we we're like childhood best friends. We like played in a punk band in like high school and whatnot. And, um, and he moved here, he moved here like right after high school. He spent wasted no time because I mean, dude's like a monster guitar player. And, um, and we knew like when he was playing with our band, we we're like, he's going places. Like it was only, it wasn't a matter of if it was when, you yeah. know, we we're like, he's gonna. And, uh, like we were in high school and he was already playing like these massive shows. He was playing with like, um, playing on like the road show tour with like skillet like bands like that okay and, uh and he was only like 16 <laughs> we like went and watched him play like the big like sprint center like arena oh shit okay and, uh, yeah. yeah so he was a hustler he was a hustler yeah like he he just like started well he started like roadieing for bands and stuff like that um like really young he just like went to a show and started like making friends and then from there just it just blew up, you know, because he's just, he's just, he's like one of the most likable people ever. Like, I don't think I've met anyone that's like, oh, I don't like Luke. Like, no, he's great, dude. Um, and so we knew we were like, and he's got monster guitar skills. So we like, it's only a matter of time until he, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was the, the music scene like in Kansas City? Um, it was, I mean, I haven't, I haven't, um, you know, been, been around it for a while. Um, like I, I moved, moved away in 2018. Um, but when I was there, it, it kind of went through a lot of fluctuation. Um, in the early, um, kind of like 20, 2010s through like 2013, um, when there was kind of that whole wave of like indie rock pop, like foster the people and all J and stuff like that, that was really popular. Um, it was like, it was bustling down there in KC. It was like, it was like a huge scene. And, um, there's this radio station called the buzz that was always, um, 
you know, playing those types of artists and playing the local artists that would, that were also kind of in that scene. Um, and from those years, it was like super bustling in that respect. And then, uh, and I feel like kind of right before I left, it felt like it kind of started to die down a little bit. Um, and now I'm, I'm not really sure yeah. what it, what it looks like there anymore. But, uh, but yeah, I, uh, played in like a couple bands in, in high school and college, like growing up there. And, um, we played Kansas city a lot. Um, but we mostly, mostly play, I lived in a, a town that was like 30 minutes North called St. Joseph. Um, there's not a whole lot to it. It's pretty, it's a truck stop town, you know, is there, is there a Walmart or no Walmart? There's a Walmart. Yeah, it does. It wasn't like a, like a small, small town. Like it was like 80,000 people. So there was um, probably, was there a Taco Bell? Yeah. Yeah. There was so much fast food, dude. Yeah. Like every single original restaurant that would like come in would like go out within a couple months because people are like, nah, I just want to go to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I've never really spent a lot of time in Missouri or Kansas city. I've only driven through there, but I just remember driving through Kansas as a kid and seeing all the, uh, the tumbleweeds yeah. just on the side of the road. And there was literally nothing. Yeah. It's like you just look around and there's nothing for miles. Yep. That's, 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 that pretty much sums it up. It was like, we did have a, like a movie theater and, um, we had a, we had like an, we had a music store in town, which was awesome. Um, where did everybody's dad work? Was there like a factory or something like yeah, that? Yeah. It was this place called triumph foods. Um, and it always smells awful every time you drive by it. Um, like it would just smell, it was, it was like, pork products and stuff like oh, that. Oh shit, so, okay. Yeah, just a, yeah, you just smell like dead pig. <laughs> are, are, is it a, <laughs> like a union gig? I think so. Yeah, my dad worked there for a while. Um, but then he like had to quit because he like got cancer and had to like do like treatment. Oh so, like, he's shit. Fine now. He's fine now. Damn, fuck. But, uh, How old were you when that happened? I was, uh, I was a teenager. Um, That's ha- some hard shit to go through when you're a teenager. Yeah, it wasn't um it wasn't as crazy as like I'm sure probably other people have had it because they caught it really early. Um and so they were like they're like he'll he has like a 95% chance. Oh of yeah, dying. yeah. Yeah. That's so, good. Um well, one of my friends, um one of my best friends growing up though, it wasn't wasn't as lucky. His dad had like stage 4 and passed away when we were like in 6th grade. Um Anyways, I'm going off on a tangent, but, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's very much kind of like that truck stop town. You, you had to make your own fun cause there wasn't, did you get in trouble a lot? <laughs> not really. Um, were you a good, like a good student, goody two shoes? Not really. I mean, I was kind of somewhere in the middle. I felt like, like I got decent grades. I never got, you know, I wasn't like a straight A student, but you know, I'd get like C's and D's sometimes. I got C's and D's mostly. I was not a good student, but I also wasn't like a a bad kid. Like I didn't even smoke weed in high school or drink or anything like that. Yeah. I, I was too afraid to. Mm. Um, but I also I just wanted to rebel. You know, I, I was super into <laughs> punk rock. Yeah. So I always wanted to rebel and fight the system, and just I didn't like school. I felt like it wasn't where I belonged. You know, I, I right. just knew I wanted to do music, and it was just holding me back to be there. Mm. So I was always just trying to like plot and scheme and try and like create reasons why I wasn't at school. Like my, my senior year, half the days I didn't even 
show up for. I, I barely yeah. even graduated. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't good. I was also like very, very fucking depressed, but mm. um, I digress. But yeah, I uh, I really like Vern a lot. You guys have some great music. My, my favorite song is Ceiling Fan. We never play that song ever. It's like basically retired from the set. Really? Yeah. You're going to have to talk to Jeeva. I, I like it. Yeah, I like, I like it too. A lot. I was like, this is a fun tune. Um, but yeah, at this point we haven't played it. And I don't know how many gigs because G's not big on playing it. Really? Yeah. I'm going to say something to her about yeah, it. Yeah. You're going to have to, you're going to have to hit her up and be like, what? <laughs> so what is the process like with writing with you guys? Is it Juliana? She kind of writes something or Connor comes up with something and then brings it to you or do you mm-hmm. write something and bring it to them? Like how, how does that process work? Um, well, a few of our songs, like, uh, one of the ones that we did not too, too long ago, did kind of at the end of last year. Um, one of the new ones, um, well, two of the new ones, I guess it would, yeah, it would be like G kind of bringing like, uh, just a song acoustically. And then me, Connor, Gabe and Pat just being like, all right, how can we flesh this out? Um, but then the one that we just kind of like last, um, got through, doing um it was like me and me and juliana said i had like an idea and i was like hey can you help me like melodically flesh this out a little bit um and so we did that and just kind of got the meat and potatoes of it and then uh and then we brought it to everyone else and um and everyone added kind of like their own flavor little flavor on yeah. It. yeah connor put a wicked solo on it nice um, <laughs> dude i love his sg his green sg oh me too yeah because no one else has a fucking green SG but him. That's like that's like a custom paint job, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's badass, and it sounds good too. I, I think that's one of the first things that, like, when I when I first met them, I was like, I was like, that's a got to be like the sickest SG I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not much of an SG guy, but some some of my really close friends are like Vinny Longy from Semi Supervillains. He loves them. Mm-hmm. And then Isaac from the Weird Sisters, he like strictly is SG for yeah. the most part. He I'm, doesn't fuck with anything else. I'm I'm very I love SGs. I own two of them. Really? Yeah. What kind are they? Um, one of them is an Epiphone, um, but it's got Gibson tuners and pickups um, in it. I I kind of like modify it because I I like the way that the Epiphone neck feels. It's a little bit thinner than the Gibson. Um, but uh, threw in the Gibson pickups and Gibson tuners to you know, kind of help elevate it, crank it to that next level. And then, uh, and then I have a Gibson SG that my uh, my my uncle actually gave it to me. He was like, "Hey, I've I've just got this Gibson sitting around. I know you like them. Do you want it?" And I was like, "Yeah." How old is it? Do you know what year it's from? It's a seventeen, so it's a, it's a little bit newer. Okay, but I was like, "I'm not going to say no." To yeah, it. to to a free fucking to a SG free Gibson. Yeah, and you're a jazz bass guy, right? Yeah, I do like jazz bass. Okay. Yeah, I'm a P bass guy. Yeah. Um, jazz basses are cool. I used to own this uh, 65 Fender jazz bass. Ooh. It was pre-CBS. It was right on the borderline. Mm-hmm. But I got it from my hometown music store for like $250. Wow. But it was painted over. Like someone d- did like a custom, a custom paint job on it where they painted – a candy apple red with a paintbrush and they mm-hmm. stripped the the decal on the headstock. So I lived out in Colorado for a little while and while I was there I was working at this place called Wildwood Guitars. Yeah. 
And a Fender rep, they had like a really good relationship with a Fender rep because they, they sell like a bunch of Fender custom shop shit, like nice shit. And um, I told him I wanted to kind of restore the bass. So he, he was like, send me the next stamp. And I, I pulled it off and it was like March 7th, 1965, which is like Leo Fender left the shop not long after that and yeah. it got sold to CBS. Um, but I, I ended up getting it fixed up. I refinished it in Sonic Blue. It was a Ooh. beautiful bass. And those, those, have you ever played like a vintage, like Fender anything? Mm-mm. It was so light, dude. Because mm-hmm. back then, they could just go- walk into any forest that they want, and they're like, this is, would be a great guitar for a tree, and just chop it down. Yeah. There was no <laughs> regulations. But it also had the nicest neck of any bass I've ever played. And it was a bass that made me, like, play flat wounds because it came with flat wounds on it. Mm. And I played them for a couple of months, and I didn't really like it. And I switched back over to round wounds. And then I was like, oh, I think I like flat wounds more, and then switch them back. But, yeah. Um, it was a great bass. I had, I had to sell it, though. Um, when I, like, not long after, I was probably in Nashville for six or seven months, mm-hmm. and I was just too poor. I had to sell it, and I, I eventually got the P bass that I always play um, now, which is a, a 62 uh, Japanese reissue. Ooh. And some of the Japanese shit is pretty nice, too. Yeah. It's a good bass. Um, and it sounds good. The pickups sound good. I, I bought it off of eBay, just sight unseen. I had always wanted, like, a Sunburst P bass. And, and when it got here, I just I did a few things to it. For a couple of years, I was rocking, you know, those old school, like, pickup pieces mm-hmm. that come on there? Um, I, like, cut up an old sock, and I, I stuffed it in the bridge. That way I could have, uh, have it be muted. Mm-hmm. So the notes would be, be kind of dead. And it, 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 it sounded cool, but if you want to palm mute and like play with a pick, it's a lot harder to yeah. doing that. Right, which I do a decent amount of that for Vern. So yeah. I was like, I need something where I can... <laughs> you need some balls. You need yeah. growl. Yeah. Yeah, like when I, when I was first kind of like playing with them and I was playing bass. Um, that, I mean, yeah, that jazz is m- mostly kind of my go-to. Um what I really want is like uh, I know Mark Hoppus from Blink One Eighty Two has like a signature, and it's like a uh, it's a jazz bass body, but with a precision neck, mm-hmm. like a nice and P bass pickups. Yeah, yeah, like a nice combo. And one, um, there's no tone knob either. It's just a volume knob. Yeah, I wanted one of those for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I was what like when I was growing up, there there was only the three models. That he had for a long time. It was like shell pink. Uh, and then there was another one. It was like the vintage Fender colors. Right. Um, and I had always wanted one, but like 600, 700 bucks was too expensive when yeah. I was in high school for a bass. Those signatures are just like, you're pay f- you pay for the name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, th- those are pretty cool. I, and I saw that he has some new ones out too that are kind of like even weirder like the bodies are flipped and have you seen any of those i think so yeah those are pretty cool as well i uh i was i was big into blink growing up were you oh yeah yeah i gotta i gotta oh shit yeah yeah Yeah. you you gotta you gotta blink tattoo (laughs) yeah no i was i was huge on them they were one of my favorites um that's actually how uh we met um gabe the drummer um, the first, the first show that I played with, um, 
with uh, with Vern at the Villager Tavern. He was playing for another artist, Arreus, and uh, um, and our friend uh, Nate was just like filling in on the drums, and uh, I started like just chatting with him. I was like, hey, like he was like, is that a Blink One Eighty Two tattoo? I was like, yeah, man, I love Blink, and um, and then I filled in for a gig. Uh, for his band and then uh and then I went over to his house and jammed with him and I was like you're pretty good at the drums like do you want to come and like <laughs> play drums for Vern you know so and that's kind of how we like brought him into the fold so fuck yeah yeah it, I had a very big blink 182 phase probably eighth grade and ninth grade yeah um I was super into like and it, it was around the time that I got into him was when that greatest hits came out mm-hmm. and they were just going on the indefinite hiatus. Yeah. <laughs> right when they break up, right yeah, when they like, break ah. up, I got into them. Um, and then I saw Mark Hoppus. Uh, he was, he was him and Travis Barker. were going to have plus 44, which is a great album. Have you listened to the album? Yeah, I love plus 44, um, plus 44 and boxcar are definitely, um, like my two kind of go tos um, outside of like just like main Blink One Eighty Two. Like, yeah, I really love that song Weatherman. Yeah, it's so dark. It you is. know, it's it's not. Well, it sounds like something that would have been on the uh, the self titled album, right? That whole album, Baby Come On. I was like, that's got to be the best song that Mark Hoppus has ever written outside of Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, he he definitely. They were trying to do like more kind of darker, edgier, less jokey stuff. Right. With, with plus 44. And I remember for a long time, he was like, we're not ever going to play blink songs. And then they went on, uh, the, I think it was the Honda civic tour right. with fallout boy. And they started playing blank songs. They did like, yeah. What's my name again. You, and you gotta do it. You yeah. gotta do at least a couple. Um, yeah. Like, uh, how do you, how do you feel about him with, a uh, Matt Skiba? What's your take on it's that? It's not blank. You know what I mean? But it's like, I get why they're, they're doing it. Uh, and Tom seems like he's a little crazy anyways. Mm -hmm. Did you ever listen to Tom when he was on Joe Rogan? I've heard snippets of it. Uh, it bro. He is, I don't know. He's like on pills or cocaine or something. (laughs) Yeah. Tom, Tom is, yeah. I don't know. He's seems like he's just, he's doing his own thing at the moment. But, uh, I, I heard like a, he did. He was on like a Mark Hoppus's podcast. Like, uh, he's got like one on Apple Music called After School Radio, which is pretty cool. Um, and they play music and shit too, right? Yeah, yeah, it's literally like a radio show. He'll just play a bunch of old like Warp Tour bands and stuff like that, and then have on like different guests. And he's had on, oh man, probably like everyone in the scene you could name. And then they, they had like Tom DeLonge on one of them, and. I was like that. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, he he seems like he's kind of doing his own thing. But I agree. I, without without he, it's it's like it might sound sacrilege, but I feel like separating those two is like separating Lennon and McCartney. You can't for sure. They definitely <laughs> f- they feed into each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Mark Hoppus was actually the first podcast I I ever ever listened to. When I was in high school, this was when I was in my big blink phase. This was probably like 2006. Yeah. He had a podcast called Hi, My Name is Mark. And they would be like seven minutes, ten minutes long. Mm-hmm. It was before anybody was – that was like the first time I ever heard of a podcast. Mm-hmm. And he would just do these short little episodes 
and it was him. And I think that guy's name is Chris Holmes, the engineer, mm. um, who I think engineered all of plus 44 stuff as well. Right. Um, but yeah, it was like my first exposure into, uh, into podcast before like finding Kevin Smith and Joe Rogan and yeah. And all of that before it, before it really got popular. Yeah. So it's, I feel like it's only really been kind of in the last like maybe decade that it seems like podcasts have really stood. It was kind of niche for like a really long yeah. time. It was niche when I first started this show five years ago. I mean, yeah. it, Joe Rogan was successful, but it was like you had to be into podcasts to listen to him back then. You know what right. I mean? He, he wasn't like it is today when you go on fucking Twitter and there's articles, news articles written about something that he, he said. Um, and it's just kind of crazy to see the way that podcasting has grown over the years. Because like, like I was saying, it was like seven, ten minute episodes, just shit like that. And now you you it, it's so individual too. Like it just depends on the host and depends on the show, like what the show is, right? Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy to just kind of see the way it's exploded and how it's become its own thing on the on the internet. Because like when I first started the the podcast in Nashville, there was there was other people doing podcast, but not really. Mm-hmm. It was like. I, I don't I didn't even know any other podcasters for a really long time. It hasn't been until really the past two years that I've even had other people who have podcasts on this show or gone on shows. Yeah. But it's just it's crazy to me the uh the medium. It's just a rock and roll art form in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's very DIY. Like anyone can do it. It's absolutely like. um what what are some of your favorites outside of um, my favorite podcast, uh, dude, you know, one I've been listening to lately that I really fucking love, uh, Chris Hansen to yeah. catch a predator. He has a podcast, um, called predators I've caught. And basically what it is, is he, he goes through, uh, every single predator. So every episode is a different predator and he'll walk you through it. He'll walk you through like the investigation beforehand of like them setting up the sting operation, what they did, where they were, where they went, how many uh, predators came to the house that day. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll read the chat logs that these <laughs> fucking pedophiles are yeah, talking to these, like these people perverted justice is the name of the group that, um, that pretends to be kids online and will talk to these predators and then he walks through like people coming, like the the pedophiles coming in, and him busting them. He'll play clips from the show, and then he also does updates on what their life is today. Yeah. Like he'll try and find what they're doing today. Um, and he's like, no one wants to sit down and chat with me now, though. He's like, no one wants to do follow ups. But it's crazy, dude. I, that the pedophilia thing blows my mind. If you, if you like fucking look up. Um, like watchdog or whatever in your neighborhood. Yeah. There's pedophiles everywhere, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know it's, it's, um, yeah, it's a fucking scary thing. <laughs> it's a really scary thing. You never know who your neighbors could be. No, no. And, uh, especially in, in today's world, it's just like, uh, sometimes I'll just like go, go on there and like look to try and see what like people's crimes were and shit. 
Yeah. And like they'll they'll be arrested like 15 times throughout their entire life and they'll be like 63 and living right down the road from me now. Mm-hmm. Um and their first charge was in like 1977 or something <laughs> right. like that. It's yeah. it's nuts, dude. Yeah, good God. It's nuts. There was a really good episode that I listened to that talked about uh rehabilitation of um of predators and if it was possible. Mm-hmm. Um and it was like this lady who was like a scientist and like a psychologist and all this shit. And she was basically saying some of the people it is, but once you hit a certain point, there's no, there's no coming back from it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how someone it's, it's like a dog with rabies in a way. It's just like, once they have rabies, you, you have to put them down. Like if their, if their kink is like molesting fucking children, then what can you really do about that? Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of like, um, it's weird to think about. It's like what, like, external factors or, like, what would make someone you know like growing up want to do something like that? You know. Yeah. Well, I I think like with anything, it's a mix of uh, nature and nurture. You right. know, uh, which it's just so weird. You know what I mean? And and it's so perverse. Mm-hmm. Um. Because it's like most of the time, like it's like it's like fucking vampirism. It's like the way you become a vampire and not all people who have been fucking molested have molested someone. That's not what I'm saying. But everybody who has molested someone has been molested. Yeah. You know, it's just crazy. Uh, And I don't really know. Like, it's so easy to get weighed down with the world's problems when you start going real macro like that. Um, Because it's like, how can you really resolve something like that i don't know if you can it's like like racism or world hunger or war there's no way we can really com- combat those things other than being aware of them mm-hmm. it's like it's like a hurricane coming through it's like you can't stop a hurricane you just have to you have to know what's coming and either get out or go somewhere that's safe yeah yeah i, I mean definitely with with that it's kind of like i not really sure like what that there's really like a one and I'll be all like answer to that. You know, there's um, not, that's why it's, it's hard. Right. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, it's literally, like you said, it's like nature and nurture. Um, like just kind of how you grow up, I guess. Um, like man, like just some of those, like, and it, it seems like it happens more so in like those, uh, those like just a really small, like small ass communities. That- <laughs> well, that's, that's what Chris Hansen talked about. He, he would, they would go somewhere and they would go to a town, let's say of like, I don't know, a hundred thousand people. And they might get like 250, 300 people messaging them online. Right. And then 70 or 80 might show up to the house and they schedule the times and they stagger them out. So, cause of course he, he busts them and then they go out and they get arrested immediately yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think there, there's so much shit going on, uh, that we just, you never really know what's, what's happening. It's a scary world out there. Right. But I will also say, I don't think there's ever been a better time to be alive in human history. Mm-hmm. Like today is the safest time to be alive, especially living in America, dude. We have such comfortable lives. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. gas prices are going up. Food prices are going up. Yeah. Right now, we can get in our car and go to McDonald's and have a full meal. It's not, so I did this morning. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So it's just like we have, um, we have all of these conveniences in American life and I don't, I don't necessarily know if, if people like we're, we're the, the spoiled children of the world, Americans. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I have, I feel like, um, you know, as bleak as a lot of things have happened in like the past like couple of years or whatever, I feel like I've, I have a lot of hope for the future. Um, you know, for technological advancements and the human race and whatnot. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess just like anything, it's like, we'll have to kind of see what happens, but <laughs> yeah, well, that, I'm, that's the fun of life. It, it's just like, if you think about, so how old are you? 27, 27. Okay. I'm 30. So I'm, I'm, we're similar age range. You were born in the nineties, right? Yeah. Okay. So thinking of a time, before it like the internet was a thing and before computers were a thing it's like i remember it. Yeah, yeah 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 you can i can remember it very vividly because like i think about me and my my older sister what we would do during the summertime we would like watch nickelodeon during the day yeah just shit like that you know what i mean or like play go outside yeah play outside <laughs> whatever, whatever it is and um now i, I just I wonder what kind of childhood kids today are, are having. I, I don't want to necessarily say it's better or worse. It's just very different than how we grew up. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, um, like on one hand, I'm like, oh, it might have been really cool to have all this at my fingertips when I was a kid. Um, but also I'm kind of like, I don't know if I would. Like me not having it. Like we didn't even get the internet in my house until I was like a junior in high school oh shit okay because yeah we were just like really poor broke all the time um like i didn't get a cell phone until i could pay for it um we grew up very similar yeah yeah and um and so uh like it i mean when we did get it it was cool but us not having it was kind of like what really pushed me to get into like music was because um I couldn't waste my time on like the internet. Um, and so I was like, oh, I'll get a guitar and like try to learn blank records <laughs> in my room, you know? So. Well, uh, I, it's funny too, as musicians, because we have the entire like recorded history of music with us at all times. Yeah. Like if, if there's any song you want, you can just look it up and it's there. And YouTube came out when I was, I think a freshman in high school. And it was crazy because you could just go and I could watch a video from like 1977 of, of the Rolling Stones playing live and try and see like what, what Bill, Man, Bill Wyman yeah. was playing on the bass, you know, mm-hmm. and try and be like, what is he playing there? How is he doing that? You know, but that, that's what the beauty of today today is, you know, I think. But it's also with every uh, blessing of technology, there's also a curse. Like now you can just like go on TikTok or look at titties or whatever now. Yeah. So it's so easy to get distracted. Mm. Yeah. It, it feels like, um, sometimes it's like, I almost feel like I, I love it, but sometimes I almost, I, like it makes you feel kind of numb to it too. Um, I feel one of my, I don't even really go on like, um, like Instagram or like Facebook or anything like that. One of, one of my, my favorite, social media platform to waste time on is reddit because it's just like it's more like interest focused yes versus like 
I'm like, I don't care about, oh, this person's on vacation, whatever, you know. What's your favorite subreddit? Like, what are your favorite ones? My favorite ones. That's tough. Um, I have a lot that I, that I'm subscribed to. Um, I really dig the, uh, I like the NFL subreddit. I'm on there quite a bit. Are you a big NFL fan? I do that. Yeah. It's weird. I'm not like a, growing up, I was never like a huge sports kid. Um, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't too, I was like a punk kid. Um, but then kind of like once I got into college, um, I like, I like met my, my, uh, a friend Spencer when I was living in Oregon. He was like really into football and he like kind of started getting me into it. Um, and it also, and one of the things too was that, um, like growing up, like watching the Chiefs, I was, um, I just never found it as exciting. They weren't um, good back then, right? They weren't, no. Yeah. Yeah, pre Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't exciting to watch, but yeah, and the the first year that I remember starting to actually pay attention to it was the year before he started, and then um, and then when the the first year he had as a starter in twenty eighteen, I was like, now this is this is different. I was like, this is exciting, <laughs> this is fun. Uh, did you know Juliana when um, the Tampa Bay played them in the the Super Bowl? Uh, no, I don't. You, think okay, I, met him yet. I was no. just wondering if she she talked a ton of shit to you because I can see her doing that. Oh yeah, no, she she definitely does. She harps on the on about the Patriots sometimes. Um, but I mean, you know, I'm I'm the one laughing at the moment because Patriots have been knocked out of the playoffs the past. <laughs> yeah. So, are you a baseball fan at all? I like baseball a little bit. Um, I like watching it more so in person than on TV. Yeah. I like the experience of it. Um, whereas, like, football, I feel like it's almost kind of like the opposite because it's so fucking expensive. Yeah. And, <laughs> and football is way more of an exciting sport, too. Like, baseball, like I, like, I have autism when it comes to baseball. I love it. Yeah. Like, I'm a huge baseball nerd. And I was growing up until I got into music, got away from it. And then during the pandemic, I didn't have any fucking thing to do. Yeah. Like everybody. So I, right. I started going, like my dad moved up here and he brought all my old baseball cards and I started going through them. And uh, during the pandemic, of course, everybody was broke trying to get money. So I just started flipping them online. I'm like, oh shit, I can get $50 for this card. Oh shit, I can get $100 for this card. Right. So I started selling them on eBay and it got me really into baseball um, again because I had something to do that was also away from music. That's why I like watching it. Mm-hmm. And like I drive around a lot, and I'll, like with Uber and Lyft, and I'll I'll, list, I'll put on a baseball game when when I'm driving around, just because it's like you can tune in and out of it. So if people are coming in and talking and shit. Then yeah, yeah, you, you don't really miss anything. You don't. Yeah, I think the thing with with um, other sports that just doesn't catch me on as much as it does with football is that I feel like with like the NFL, it's like um, it's like every since there are way fewer games. And it's a single elimination playoffs. It just like every game matters more. Yeah. Even if you don't think it does. No. It, yeah. And baseball, the season is super fucking so long. long. It goes so forever. Games. Yeah. And, and um, like the uh, the NBA and MLB, it's like the the best of seven series. Just like doesn't it doesn't lock me in as much. Yeah. You know? Like there's not as high of stakes. As to knowing, like, watching the playoffs, it's like you're seeing every team, like, giving. Well, first of all, I mean, it's like the best of the best, you yeah. know, with the playoffs. And then 
it's like you're watching, like if you show up and have a bad day, then it's like, it's over, you know? Yeah. So, um, it's just so much more like exhilarating watching, watching like playoff football, I think, because, because of that, because, you know, any, it, it, it could be anyone's game once you, once you hit the, like no one expected the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl last no. year. <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, Joe Burrow's fun to watch too. He He's got a lot of swag yeah. on and off the field. Right. Yeah. He is, he is, uh, definitely, I feel like kind of one of those, one of those up and cut. I'm, I'm excited to see, um, kind of how they're going to do this next year. Um, cause I know history, you know, usually doesn't favor the, the Super Bowl losers too well as we kind of learned this last year, Kansas city, but <laughs> yeah, honestly I was uh, as crappy as we started uh, like the fact that we still ended the season and in the AFC championship game, I was like, that's it still seems like a win. Well, Patrick Mahomes, he got banged up a little bit this season too. I feel like because he he's more he does more of the running game, right? Yeah. Um, I remember he when the Chiefs were in Nashville playing the Titans. He, uh, I yeah, think he sucked. left the the game because he got hit so hard. Yeah, yeah, it was like maybe at the very end of it or something, but we were already getting our ass kicked yeah. so hard by that point that it didn't matter anyway. I'm really glad I didn't, I almost dropped like $200 to go see that game. And I'm really glad I didn't. Yeah. Oh yeah. It we would suck to touchdown. Well, what's funny too about Nashville is, um, fans like really travel to the city. They do because it's such a hot destination. So anytime like the chiefs are in town, the Packers, the Steelers, uh, the Bills especially, like, you just see all of these teams show out, and it's like 50-50, if right. not more than that. Um, you just see a, a sea of whatever the team is, color, down, downtown, walking on Broadway. Yeah, well, and it's, I feel like the Titans aren't, like, I mean, I know they're still a relatively young team, um, but it's like, you know, you kind of, you mostly see, like, like, Preds gear and stuff like that. Yeah, like kind of going around. To, I don't see like a ton of like Titan stuff. No, not unless it's game day, which it's like the Preds. It's crazy that in Nashville you would never think of it as a hockey town, right? But it's a big hockey town, it's a huge hockey town. It seems like yeah. Well, I feel like it's also a social thing here too, where it's like all the and not the thrash people, but all like the the basic bitch like. Just moved to Nashville. People who still want to go hang out down on Broadway are like, I want to go to a Preds game. Which mm-hmm. the Preds games are fun. Don't get me wrong. But right. have you been to one? Not yet. It's on. It's on my list um, this year. I, I really want to go to. Uh, really want to go to a Preds game. I'd like to go to a Nashville soccer game. Um, I'd like to go to a Titans game. I might I might go watch like a divisional round there or something like that. Hell yeah. Um, or just pick like a good good matchup or something because i'm not like a titans fan so i can just go and kind of watch as a new and enjoy it and enjoy it yeah, yeah. just enjoy good football um like have kind of like a stress-free experience football is not as uh as fun in person as it is on tv and uh, i feel like it, it probably depends um any of the football games that i've been to at least i've been to you probably like five or six titans games because i used to work at at Nissan Stadium. Oh, that's cool. But it's like you, you don't really 100% know what's like going on the way you do on TV because you have the commentators. <clears throat> yeah. You have like 
the fucking lines and shit. They, they'll put all the digital shit that they add. You yeah. Know? You, you definitely have to at least know the game a little bit more to be there or you're going to be a little confused mm-hmm. because they, yeah, they don't really have like announcers explaining it to you or anything like that. Um, I really love though, the, the, the crowd atmosphere, um, is exciting. I mean, just like it is for anything, but, um, like that, uh, like that bills, um, Titans game last year that happened. That was just like, literally like came down to the wire. It was like a goal line stand. Well, there was a couple of games that were like that in the playoffs where yeah. it was like right in the last two minutes, the winner was decided. Yeah. The chief, the chiefs were like that too, right? Right. in the yeah. divisional round, right. Right. Before mm-hmm. they moved on to the, the AFC championship game. Yeah. It's like those types of games. I feel like would be just the best thing. To yeah. Watch in, person. in person. I would love it. <laughs> uh, speaking of crowds, do you have any gigs coming up? Like, who else do you do you play with besides Vern and Violet Moons? Are you playing with anybody else? Yeah, besides, um, well, let's see. At the moment, it's it's mostly just kind of been like Vern and Violet Moons. Um, I'm always down to sit in if you know anyone was like needing a bass player, or guitar player, or anything like that. Um, I have sat in for like a, a couple other artists. But uh, those are kind of the the main two at the moment that I've been playing with. So, do you have um, anything booked with either one of those right now? Yeah, I don't remember the dates exactly. I know um, we're gonna be playing like a cover gig. Uh, Vern is. We're gonna do like a little Brewhouse West show and just just kind of rip on probably a try song. and make money. Yeah, yeah. We'll rip on kind of a mix of tunes from like classic rock to punk music and stuff like that. Um, and then I think we do, let me check the calendar. I think we have a show at the East Room coming up um, at the end of the month. I don't remember exactly what day it is. Got to check. We have like a band calendar going because we we all just, we're like, it's so much easier to <laughs> yeah. keep track of this stuff. Um, yeah, on, uh, on the, the, uh. On the 21st, July 21st. Vern at the East Room. Going to be at East Room. I don't know what time, but (laughs) we will be there. And then on the 29th, I will be with Violet Moons. Bob Fest? I think think we're doing Bob Fest, so. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that's the day that the record comes out. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, it's the the album release, which... uh, had some great bass on it, by the way. Thanks, man. You, yeah. you were able to listen to... Have you listened to all of it? I've heard the Masters, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it was fun. I, I ended up playing on about, like, half the record. Um, but, yeah, it, it was super fun to do. Um, I mean, it, it, they give you, like... It's it, it's an interesting gig playing with them because it's, it's, it's like a, a... It's a rock gig and a pop gig at the same time because I, yeah. I never wanted to do anything distracting from their vocals right because their harmonies are so fucking so good. good so the the first time we played with them was at uh, uh it was at dark matter and it's just they, they just did, did a duo did, set right duo set and um and that was like the first like i like leaned over to our drummer gabe and i was like damn like those <laughs> those harmonies like it they it was really full even though it was just a just those two um, I don't know what it, it is, oh, but huge. their voices like match each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I remember the first time that I, like we rehearsed and we were doing like doing shit and they did Hexaman 
because they start out just the two of them and they they sing it together and it sounds so fucking good yeah it gets everybody's attention when they start that song it's just like yeah oh shit what is this you kind of pause and then the uh I love the the beat in the pocket when it comes in the groove, and the, yeah. That that bass line that goes with it, I was like, oh man, that's funky. Yeah, fuck um, yeah. But yeah, no, they're um, yeah. First time we saw them, I was like, dang, they're those harmonies are nuts. Yeah, they're it's other crazy. level. Um, where can people find you at? Um, me personally, I'm on Instagram under uh, Tomcat182. <laughs> Got it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> got it. Got to keep a blink reference in there, you know. I mean, they're on my arms, so it's you know. Um, yeah. So I'm on Instagram, Tomcat182, Facebook, um, Tommy Marshall. If you want to follow the bands, it's uh, at Vern Music, and then uh, I think Violet Moons is just Violet Moons. Yeah. So. There's like a, a zero. That's an O. I think. Yeah. It's not too hard to find. No, it's not too hard to find. Well, hey, man, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Taylor. This has been a lot of fun. See you next week.